1: As I sit at my computer to write this introduction, I've really had to rack my brain for anything specific about In Violet Light. It has nothing to do with the brilliance of the record, but I had pretty much left the missionary zeal phase of my hip fandom and was now, sadly, just a casual. Even something as cool as The Hip Club, which was included with the CD released on the June 11, 2002 CD, didn't suck me in. And it's a damn shame too. When I see you out there with cards still in your wallet, I'm jealous and forlorn. Something that was so essential in my life was now being left behind because I was focused on the lo-fi experience of bands like Pavement, Silver Jews, Guided by Voices, and Sebado. I did, however, make it out for the In Violet Light summer tour at the then Molson Amphitheater and was blown away by the new songs I heard live. Lake Fever, Silver Jet, the Dark Canuck, they all rocked live. But there was one song that captured my attention and bled through all the noise I was experiencing at the time. It's a song that I still hold close to my heart today and it's remained a beacon, like a lighthouse leading a lost vessel homeward in more recent years. It's A Good Life If You Don't Weaken is a masterpiece in the hip souvra. Everything just works and it straight fucking cooks as an ominous sounding live jam. I was working at Starbucks downtown when a barista, now my wife, asked me what I thought of the new album and particularly that song. I don't have the words for it, I told her. She agreed. This was supercharged hip at its best. Now it's time for Pete and Tim to experience a heron outside in violet light. They both were floored with music at work, so IVL has to be a slam dunk, right? We'll have to wait and see on this episode of Getting Hip to the Hip.
2: Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the hip.
1: Right. So welcome back to Getting Hip to the Hip. I'm your host JD, and every week we talk about a tragically hip record with two budding fans of the tragically hip, but formerly completely Ignorant of the existence of the band, and I don't mean—I mean ignorant in the dictionary definition. You guys are both classy gentlemen, but you just—it had never—it had never made it to your ears before. So we've got Tim and we've got Pete, and we're doing "In Violet Light" this week. Tim, Pete, how you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going.
2: <laughs> it's okay. cool. we
3: are back for another week i'm just yeah. uh, you know i'm just i'm just so pleased that somebody's listening to this i'm sh- I'm just sure of it right <laughs> yeah
1: well we're selling tickets for the finale event we can announce that tragically up cover band 50 mission are going to be playing uh we're going to have local comedian pete van dyke there uh there's going to be some silent auction Items, one of which was donated to us by the Tragically Hip themselves, which is fucking spectacular. Uh, we also have some items coming to us from David Bastido. So I'm real excited about that because he was their official tour photographer for a long time. I'd be curious to see what he what he might uh what he might donate. Excellent. So yeah, that's pretty that's
4: exciting. That's so rad. I, I was thinking this week if 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 we make it to the end of this podcast like get through all the records without a like a seriously like hardcore diehard tragically hit fam you're killing tim or i um, <laughs> and i think we've we've it's been a success but <laughs> yeah, you never it won't mind. happen hopefully
3: it won't happen after uh today's recording
4: there may be like a like a like an <laughs> oswald jack ruby incident at the finale but then again you guys don't have guns in canada so that's good I, I had already plotted, Really hard, though. Yeah, I, I, oh
3: God! I had already plotted, you know, a disguise for the event, so it's not really me that's there.
4: <laughs> no, I'm not
1: Pete. If you see somebody with Pete. a with a goatee and a mustache, and another mustache on top of that mustache, it's probably Tim Lydon. Uh, maybe you two mullets, little, two mullets, the glasses
4: with the with the nose and the, and the
3: mustache. <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
1: So let's start yeah. off like we always do and get a sense of how you guys took in this record, where you did your listening, did it heighten or expand that experience, all that good shit.
3: I uh, I'll, I went into it right away. I mean, the, after our last pod recording, I kind of jumped right into In Violet Light because I was excited and wanted to keep the momentum going and the work going. And um, I listened to it all over the place. I was, oh, the first listen was cleaning out the garage and I was driving and I was uh, at physical therapy for a portion on the train headed to Seattle. It was, I was kind of all over the place listening to this. And I got to say, it was a more fragmented listen than past albums in that, I, I had a hard time, I know about you, Pete, you, you might be the opposite of a feeling, but I had a hard time going from first song to last song and just listening to it straight through. It was oh,
1: really? because of
3: a myriad of reasons, but sometimes we'll because of that, the music. Sure. Yeah, sometimes because of the music.
4: Huh. You know, um, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Tim. For me, I, ju- I too jumped, jumped right into this one to, immediately after we finished, like, maybe even that night finished the recording or the the very next day and as is with everything with this band i started to listen and was just wildly unimpressed and then just it like as the time went on i just was like so wrong and like I, (laughs) i i i mean literally i'm glad i've i've been saving my notes now in my like notes section of my computer because i didn't save the notes from the first one because they just now have gotten longer and longer and longer and like mm-hmm. by the time we get to the final record it's going to be a dose text you know dude it's just gonna be <laughs> fucking it's just super it's, yeah it's, yeah it's ridiculous man it's i i, I enjoyed the shit out of this record and um i would say my listening places mistake i started at the computer which is maybe why I was unimpressed but I'm just going to say this there's nothing better than you know driving in my car listening to this record <laughs> I did a lot of driving this last week a lot of driving and this record just especially on the sound system I have in my car I like the I have a you know premium premium audio system in my car <laughs> and <laughs> You know, laugh while you want, Tim, but I'm just no, telling you, like, it's just... I, I love it. It, it I, cooks, it's, man.
3: I, I think it's, my laugh is like 96% joy because, you know, for all of us out there in, in the interwebs land listening to this, you're, it's some dude named Pete. He's got, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes, and he's from California, and he lives in fucking Spain, driving around in some cool car, which I don't know what it is, so don't tell me. No,
4: you don't.
3: Some cool car with some cool sound system, and this dude from Italy gets to drive around fucking Spain, and I'm, you know, at time of recording, while we're promoting our event coming up, it's, you know, it just fucking snowed 11 inches in Portland in 24 <laughs> hours, and it was the most snow in 24 hours. since 19-fucking-43?! And here's Pete just driving around, do-do-do-do-do. It well, it it, it's
4: it's oh, It snowed. It snowed this weekend, too, and, and where I was at. Envy, oh,
3: wow. Envy and joy.
4: Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. So... Jamie, what, what do you
3: think? Yeah, Jamie.
1: This was a record. This was the last record that I saw a tour for until hmm. the last record. So I was starting to, like, wind down my extreme like this is my number one band fandom mm. and if you'll know the the year you guys will recognize that's when uh, you know like i i found pavement and i just was getting caught up like you know the 2000s for me were getting caught up in everything that i'd missed in the 90s for singularly listening to the tragically have and mm-hmm. you know of course a bunch of other stuff uh so i resented that a little bit um mm. you know uh but when Greg and I were doing the podcast and I came back to this record, it was like, what were you thinking? Like, like, what blows my mind is that this is 2002. This means they've released six records in in like less than 10 years. And they keep getting better. Like they keep getting stronger or different at the very least. And I, I, I just don't understand uh, how they were able to do that. You know, I, I just don't.
4: I, I, I second that emotion, Smokey. Certainly.
3: <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling, I don't know what, uh, your all music rating you, you saw was. I didn't, I didn't look that up, but I, I feel that at this point, the past few albums and this one have been highly influenced by who's helping on the production side. You know, yeah, this, one, think, this one, we had Hugh Pagan Yeah. Who did uh, Police albums and XTC and Split Ends and, you know, albums with beautiful he sound. Gated,
1: he invented gated drumming. The sound mean, of drums in the 80s. Okay. Uh, think, think of In the Air Tonight, the drum sure. sound. He invented that sound. Wow. And that sound is so prevalent in, like, you know, especially like, uh, well, like highly glossed '80s. Mm-hmm. You know, artists, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were all playing with that stuff. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no.
4: I was just gonna. It's crazy you mentioned the drums, just because, it, and I didn't hear the gated sound in this, but in a lot of my notes I mentioned the drums, I, the the sound of the drums in this particular record are they. Really, really, really stand out. Yeah. Really stand out. Yeah, for yeah. a
1: drummer that's not flashy. You know what I mean? Right. Not flashy at all. He's so, and this is going to sound like I'm damning with faint praise, but I'm not. When I say he's so competent, I just mean workmanlike. You know, Johnny Fay is just workmanlike. It's it's just he knows what the song needs, and he goes in there and gets it done, and that's what you get. You know. But he
4: he really, in my opinion, he 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 rises above on this. He. He's a bit of the cream that that comes to the top on this record, man, for a lot of reasons. But we'll you know, we'll get into it in the songs.
3: I, well, I might I might agree with that. But I, I, just to circle back, I think that the, the production side of this one, it's more, it feels less band driven and more like who produced this album? That's how it felt to me. And I, sometimes I, that that feels awesome. And sometimes that is awesome. And sometimes it's like, whoa, yeah, okay, that's the that's the album that Hugh Pagam. If I'm saying his name right, pagem Probably pagem That's the on um, that yeah.
1: Hugh, Hugh pagem
3: produced. And in um, that, you know, I felt this on this one. It, it's it, just to continue my food analogies, it's like showing up at a restaurant <laughs> and there's like there's you still got everybody in the kitchen, but somebody else, you know, kind of wrote the menu. Like, it's like, where'd the where'd our where'd our house cheeseburger go? You know, it's just missing and we have some something else. So this one felt a little different to me. And um, I mentioned this to Pete a few days ago, but even on the sound side from my car to my headphones, like everything, this album's fucking bright. Like, it's as if somebody came into my equalizer and pumped up most the levels, especially mid to highs, because it's fucking bright. Like so much that I was turning down my shit to make it, make it a more tolerable it was over the top produced in on the sound finish side it was it's it's different than the others different than the albums so
1: well one last anecdote about hugh Padgham uh that's sort of funny is johnny Fay was of course a big uh stuart copeland fan so he ended up skipping his uh grade 13 exam one of his his exams to go and buy a police record the day it came out. And I forget which record it is. Oh, now. man. You, God damn. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain what record it is. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So he, he was absolutely stoked to be working with this producer. And this was their first sort of, like he says, their first sort of get you know, that in terms so of, in terms too. of the hmm. producers. So I wonder if okay. they were performing and they just, they were performing for him and they also were sort of like in reverence, just lifted their hands off the wheel and just said, you know, take us home. Hmm. I don't know.
4: Hmm. That's crazy. You know, yeah. no, I swear, this is going to be the, the last quick anecdote, but just cause you brought up the police, um, Do you guys both know that the record Synchronicity, which is easily my favorite police record, had 32 different covers? No. No. Look that up. That's a fact. No, no. But some (laughs) are more valuable than the others. So they did.
3: So they actually produced all of them.
4: No, they just, the covers themselves were different.
3: Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, they just,
4: they were like different pictures that they had taken and they just made multiple different colors and put it out. And so some people have like a blue and yellow stripe. Some people have the red and the yellow and the blue. Some people have more red. It's just really unique. Love, love it. Yeah. Random. Really cool. Just because we're talking about the blue. Cool
3: factoid. Yeah, this album it just la- uh, if I could keep going a little bit. It felt um it one of the words that came to mind was and it's not, but it was like sophomoric or homecoming. Like it felt like uh I felt like the band had gone on, you know, this this how many years are we talking now? It's two thousand two, right? How yeah. many years are they? How many years are they in the game? Who's gonna? eighty uh, four. Yeah. So oh. six eighteen. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of years, and I feel like if you're a band and you're at it for that long, to me, you're gonna have this kind of albums gonna come out. Like you're gonna find a producer. That's amazing or someone you've looked up to forever and you're gonna like just go hit the go button with them and that's that's kind of what this album turned out to be to me in my opinion it feels like professional accomplished i'm really trying not to go to the word like generic or standard th but some of it does feel that way and then there's these little glimpses in there of you know of of Gord still doing his thing like the last album if i could circle back to that. Like there's no Tiger the Lion on this album for me. That's kind of my statement. Like the music at work. Oh. Wow. When I hit Tiger the Lion, it was like, oh shit, what is this song? And I was really searching for that on um in Violet Light and it was hard to come up with that.
1: It was hard to it's hard oh, to wow. get there. I've I've got two Tiger the Lions on this record and they're well, fucking back to back
4: oh man i'm interested to hear what these are let's go yeah 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 yeah
1: all right well let's go song by song then uh are you ready
4: fuck yeah i'm ready man what's the first song are you ready (laughs) see i I was waiting for that though i was (laughs) waiting for that all that's in your notes isn't it (laughs) it is in my notes say ask jd tell jd no dude i'll take this one tim just because i want to kick it off man i've Dude, I mean, what a fucking song to open up a record with! It's just, it's, it's the band taking the fucking golf ball, putting the T between their pointer and their middle fingers, sticking the fucking ground, and then looking back at you, handing you the club, and going, "So, are you ready?" Like it's just fucking. The chorus is amazing. I Johnny Faye's drums on this, I'll say this just off the top, but this is like many songs there. His snare is so bright. Mm-hmm. His snare is so bright. It's a fucking
3: bright album. This
4: it's yeah, it's just it it's you can it's out for sure. Yeah. Um the the cool way it starts with the guitars, I think um Paul Langlois, am I pronouncing his name yep. right? Finally,
1: you okay, nailed it. So,
4: Paul Langlois' guitar, he he's playing like a like a dissonant note in there because when Rob Baker comes in with his little guitar licks, he's not playing anything dissonant. He's playing like a like a happy sort of major lick, and it it works great with what what Paul's playing. But it's just it's just <laughs> fucking cool. Um, yeah, the half-tone guitar lick, um, the solo. I love this, I just, I love this song. It it, it just got me ready for the next shit to come. Yeah. This, 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 this is a plane taking off and you know, we get Silver Jet down the line, but it is a Silver Jet just fucking going a thousand miles an hour up into the air right now. I fucking love it. What about, let's say you Tim. <laughs>
3: You know, I I thought it was a super starter, also. Uh, It reminded me, just the whole, are you ready? Reminded me right away of um, the English beat, are you ready to dance, or are you ready to ska? There's like this old, that got covered a few times too, it's just similar lyric that it just brought me back to, which is always fun. Um, I thought Gord sounded like cleaner and brighter, of course. I'm going to stop using that word in a minute. Um, higher in tone, like he sounds a little cleaner, like almost...
1: Um, He's really mastering his tool.
3: Yeah, like also as if perhaps he, you know, quit smoking for two weeks up until recording or something. Like there was just... He was he was cleaner, less growly. Um, at the same time, the song compositionally was like... Pretty basic. Let's get going and see, kind of see what's next. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not an embracer. It's a, it's a, let's put it in first gear and get this car moving down the road. You know,
1: I have a question for you. What do you guys think of the the first four lyrics, the first four lines of lyrics? Hear the old whistle blowing. They're pulling the plug. We got to get going. They got our whole dug. is it is there anything? i think this
4: record's riddled with Gord downy canadianisms all uh, just chock full of it it's a reference of something shit i don't know being an american he doesn't even live there no
1: no this isn't a canadian one this is just really?
4: interesting it, it's
1: lyrics to me that i just wondering like when i heard it i i felt it was like self-referential like it was mm. like you know like oh uh, like
4: they're we're done guys this could be it
1: they were started falling out of favor a little bit at this point just the diehards really started to cling on you know for the next two or three records after this it's still like a giant cohort like a giant cohort yeah like still i I I mean they were still doing stadiums and things like that but uh but it was so those lyrics really stuck out at me you know like and then it's like are you ready you know, it's like fuck it all. Like, are you ready? You know,
4: But the balls Dude. of the balls of Gore Downey to fucking call out the fan base like that—that's fucking. I mean, not call them out, but just yeah, just like t- like hey, I guess I guess we're not the fucking we're not the the sweetest maple syrup in town anymore, fellas. So let's—they got our fucking holes dug. Let's just play our shit. Yeah, let's do it.
3: Yeah, I th- I think I had some image of like. Getting out of your factory job, the end of the day, Friday maybe got paid. It's like we got to get the fuck out of here because these guys are gonna kill us eventually, but not tonight. I don't know. It felt It felt very working class to tie back to what you said, Pete. You know this this album is riddled with gordisms and <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. and sorry and uh, there was so much to look at in Rabbit Hole, and it was it was like fuck these guys maybe you know part of it is they were pulling out lots of stops for mr q on the production side
1: yeah thunder so we move next to track two use it up
2: hello
3: So I thought we went from like, oh, okay, this is a fast paced, let's get moving song to kind of a slowdown quickly. I mean, I found this happening. I, I know, JD, you comment sometimes on my, you know, look at albums as if they're books or chapters or what have you. But this one, you know, it was a little bit slow and darker. And there's a message or a lesson. There's like a teaching happening. Uh, the chorus of um, this super sing along chorus with a way going and going you know I, I i was like okay is this is this a radio hit or i don't know it, it's there's this is the one with the Bruce Springsteen reference is that right yeah um you know i i, I had quickly wondered if this one felt a little too, like, scripted to reach USA audience. I don't know. I was a little bit, I was a little bit confused, a little bit, like, started off strong and then went into the slow, dark kind of, let's, let's pull on the heartstrings quickly here.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, we'll go to Pete. What do you think, Pete?
4: it's again like the plane has taken off with are you ready and now it's just it's ascending into the fucking cosmos dude this this song fucking just it cooked i i got chills and the hairs on my arms stood up thinking and dreaming about hearing this song live like literally the way the drums are um Paul Lenoir's guitar in this song is the drums, the way he holds the rhythm to it. Rob Baker must have, I don't know what, I mean, here's the thing. I think I said this maybe the last podcast, but like he's, his talent as a guitar player has become exponentially better as each record goes on. Not just like all the cool effects that are in this. It just is fucking awesome. I mean, just, just hearing the licks, uh, Gord commands this song like a like a fucking admiral commands a, a an aircraft carrier. I mean, when he when he goes, I love the 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 chorus um, music that music that can take you away, like and it just there's like an echo effect or there's some sort of effect that that just lets his voice ring out, but. Um, there's a part where he goes back into like the second verse, I think, or maybe the third verse, and he goes an octave higher and he goes, instead of use it up, use it up, and he gets really high and it just, it's its like watching the, um, the kettle on the fucking stove about ready to fucking explode. <laughs> That's
1: what I think of this song too. I it's think of it as fuck. like just a builder and like, I don't think of it as a slope <laughs> oh song at all. You know, like a like a like. There's some, um, some some real hot water bubbling away here, Oof. getting ready to boil over. You
3: know, you you guys are almost making me want to listen to this album, but not in order. <laughs> not in order. Oh, like, I feel like yeah. I should go back to it and put it on random and and see what happens. See what happens, yeah. Because I I just I wish I had the same sentiment. I went from like the car is moving to oh. Who, who, who are we trying to grab here? I mean, these lyrics are were heavy, fairly simple compared to some other hip songs, you know, with lots of repeated chorus. But like, I just wasn't exactly, yeah, just didn't just didn't grasp me. So
4: the 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 way the guitar starts once the drums kick in, and it's got that kind of like bluesy bar rock sound to. It just like, I just imagine the fucking crowd just, just thumping at that live show when this song is played live. I mean, and, I pr- and I Gordon need singing that. out, yeah. somebody pushing the fucking, the sustain button on who's ever working the board and <laughs> just, oh, and it just, everybody losing their fucking mind and Rod Baker, dude, dude, just, sorry, man, I fucking, I sound like a,
1: douchebag
3: fanboy the other day I was like oh I'm gonna come in you know maybe not sounding the most positive about this and I was like I bet I bet Pete's gonna though Pete's gonna hold it up for us but that's kind of a, a tough that's <laughs> part, part of this assignment is really difficult in that yeah. we're listening to albums and albums and albums by a band you know hours and hours and we should add up the hours by now and and we've watched some videos and we've never attended a show you know it's like i mean i've never seen the rolling stones i've listened to every one of their albums you know there's there's tons of examples like that but i haven't sat down and gone through song by song by the stones nor do I want to? So nobody invite me to go do that. But anyways, <laughs> it's like we I, we've not seen the hip play, and I know that many of their songs are probably just amazing live. You know, it's, yeah, it's,
1: they're, it's, they're built it's, they're built for life, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So it's just just a facet of my hip career that I'm I'm missing. But this this next one, the darkest one. Yeah, which I'm which I'm mostly gonna let let Pete talk about because it has to do with you know a little bit with his favorite TV show, but this one, <laughs> this is this 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 is my JD karaoke request. This one. Oh wow! I want to hear JD belt this one out. That's that's what I heard when I heard this song. I was like,
4: oh, this is good.
3: Oh, yeah. this would be cool to hear JD sing
1: karaoke. <laughs>
4: Have you ever done it? Done karaoke this song, JD?
1: I never found it at a karaoke place. Usually they have like the bigger hits, but they don't have the deeper cuts.
3: Well, maybe you could just send me your own video recorded
1: version. I'll do it. Just, 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 just to share with me. (laughs) Yeah. This, this, this song contains one of my favorite sets of lyrics ever, like ever by anybody. Um, You know, the wild are strong and the strong are the darkest ones. And you're the darkest one. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like that that build to describing somebody in that manner? Oh, it just makes me grin. It just makes me grin.
4: Oh god. Dude, the song, first of all, I love that it was the 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 track of the trailer. That's how I recognized it initially. Yep. You know?
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, I mean we have to talk about it. And that kind of guy. Got... <laughs> It really cooks um, the opening, but um, I mean, just, Gord Sinclair's bass is like uh, holding this song up and help pushing it up and get it off the ground. I agree that the chorus, it, um, where the strong are the darkest ones, and you're the darkest one. I mean, and this is how he repeats it, how Gord repeats it, and you're the darkest one. And he just, the, I can't sing like him. The melody just goes up and down. It's just fucking amazing. There's, there's a the the line. <laughs> it's funny because like initially all I thought it was like that horrible show they used to have on. Um, God, I can't even remember the name of it. Where the guy would like, um, God, what was the name of that show? It was a uh, um, the Christmas. Was it not Chris Matthews. He was on NBC. Remember, the guy would, the police would Car be ball? checking those people, uh, the people that were trying to to hook up with young kids or something. And he'd say, Why don't you come in and have a seat, right? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, he'd, like bust, he'd bust people. Like Yeah, he'd bust people. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know. Oh, God. I can't remember the name of this show. Yeah, okay, I whatever. What it's
1: called either. If, if you remember it, send us an email jd <laughs> at gettinghiptothehip.com.
4: <laughs> <dot> <laughs> What that I think horrible show is? I think
1: Pete at uh,
3: gettinghiptothehip.com, dot com. That's that's for Pete. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right.
4: Anyway, um, he would always say like, "Why don't you come <laughs> in on the a seat?" But like, that's like a really demonic, horrible version. This was like so, uh, like Gord was like inviting everybody, "Come in, come in. It's 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 warm and it's it's safe in here. Like it was just like like we're already we we've walked through the door with these first two songs." on this record now he's saying like hey come in make yourself at home have a seat on the couch you know it's 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 so personal i don't know i got a really personal vibe from this record lyrically the way that the band played together so beautifully um i feel like yeah you already mentioned the chorus jd you can really feel the band come together on this there everybody's now at the same level like it's not the no offense to Gord Downey, because he's, you know, he's just what it is. He's amazing. But like, I feel like it's not just the Gord Downey show. I feel like if you took any member of this band out of the band, it would be equally as devastating. Equally yeah, as devastating. Right. 100%. Uh, the last thing I will say is, I, I I I don't know how I'd ever confirm this, but I feel like Rob Baker has maybe switched out the pickups on his Fender Strat during this one. Mm. He's maybe using some those Fender Tex Mex ones instead of the uh, the lace sensors. And I was just because that solo at the end sounds really twangy. It's Hmm. or to use Tim's term, bright. Um, And I I it it pissed me off so much that the song faded out. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, dude, you can't end this song with a raging solo such an amazing song you just have to let it fade out you can't compete with the rest of this song so rob Rob baker or the producer they were in the right to just let the song fade out because you you can't do you can't one-up yourselves in the same song it was just so good
3: i didn't have an issue with the fade out on this one i think in part it's it's the 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 just the total tone of the song and the lyric you're the darkest one i mean you're right how do you how do you how would you end that? i just I, think I thought it was i didn't question it didn't cross my mind but i we got to talk about how fun the video is i mean i didn't we, see it we don't
4: oh i gotta see it
3: yeah I that part you know we had just to add to that we have not talked about their videos much and at some point it'd be you know side note here It'd be fun to uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll riff on this later. Watch yeah. their videos and have an episode where we, we each talk about our favorite video they produced or something. I don't know. Well, that's Damn. Cool. Yeah. Because this video, this one, JD knows.
1: Yeah. It's a hoot.
3: Like, I watch you've it like seen six this video? times.
1: Come you, on. You've seen
3: the video? With bubbles and everybody?
4: Oh, this is the one. Oh, yeah. then it is. Because I had to remember what song is. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. It's no, this. no, no, totally. Like it is to, this video. This to me, like, Hot I had a hard time. Yeah, I had hard a hard time. Bucket of chicken, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two
4: one. buckets It's of funny because <laughs> Gord's said actor that, like, you forget that, like, oh, that's... Cordani from the Lady. He just looks like he belongs. <laughs> on right, the
3: right, show. right. The the video is so good. It feels really true. He could be to, Trevor Corey's
4: cousin or something. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like. yeah. I mean, I, I have a
3: teenager at home that that watched that whole series enough times, so it was on in her basement regularly. I and mean, I never saw that episode until you know through research found that. But the video was so fun. Like it just I. I seriously watched it six times. It's just so good. It made me love the song more. And it made me come back, you know, of course, in order of going through In Violet Light, it just made me come back to the song as, like, the song's a stopper, you know? it's It could just be its own single, you know? It's just...
1: It it's was a single, one of those songs. Sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, just yeah. I, give it to me on a seven-inch, and I'll just play that on my on my turntable. It's just a good good song.
4: God rest Jim Leahy.
3: <laughs> yeah, poor Leahy.
4: So that takes
1: us to uh, the next track on the record, which is "It's a Good Life if You Don't Weaken."
4: Tim, you wanna or you wanna?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I'll go. So this, from what I found, this was the most played for the album on spotify by far the song has been played a ton for this album it's like four million listens or that something which i think's huge um there was one question this song? I, yeah, yeah this song For the this album. was, a, yeah, sing- this was right. a single okay so that to me that was kind of a surprise like why this one um why why do people glom on because the it's song awesome so much? but i had my i had a question of it around i didn't do a deep dive, but Gord said it was uh, this phrase Molly Lorimer used life on the road when discussing life on the road. And I, I couldn't find much on this Molly Lorimer. I don't know if you guys did. That was going to be a question to you.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just attributed to her. The yeah, It's a good life if you don't weaken. Um, yeah. It's a graphic novel by singularly named artist simply known as Seth. Hmm, I, I don't know. That's all i got. Yeah, but
3: that 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 line came from from Molly. The phrase so, yeah, itself
1: was brought to the attention of the band by one of the staffers, Molly Lorimer. Okay. As Gord once that. explained, was fond of using the ex- expression when discussing life on the road.
3: Yeah, I. I mean, I love that part about it and the that reference as far as literary references go on many of the songs you know was a little bit more mysterious especially even different since it's based a bit on a graphic novel which i don't think Gord has done yet um it seemed kind of like a love song or a i don't know separation song or figuring out life coming back together um you know it was it was uh it was there were lots of question marks on this one for me. It was kind of like, why is it so popular? What am I? I don't think I'm missing something here. I think I get it. I think it's just uh, I don't know another uh, another heartstrings puller. That's that's kind of where I was left. What about you, Mister Pete?
4: I did not like this song when I first started listening to it. The first first run or two of it. The first thing I wrote was the song. This song is the cover of this record. Mm. So you listen to the guitar and you look at the cover, you're just like, oh, this is like the title track of the record. Mm. Um and then it just it's it I don't want to say it's my favorite song on the record, but it's pretty close, man. I mean it's so good. The way this song builds with well, their the keyboards come in and it just it just layers so nicely. I feel like oh, the, the, there's when the chorus comes in and the harmonies the harmonies hit find where to grow it's yeah. just oh god it it's just beautiful man it's yeah. so good the bridge is is like butter sometimes bands because they feel the need to put a bridge into songs because newsflash, not every song needs a bridge. And sometimes bands just put it in and they sound like shit. And this is just not one of those cases. It's like (laughs) such a beautiful extension of the song. I don't know why I wrote in here, Rob Baker's Fender accompaniment is wretched. And I don't think I meant that as an insult Hmm. because I loved it. I thought it was really good. But the build before the chorus of this song is just... Because it starts out so soft and so... Yeah. That finger-picking guitar, and then it just builds to this climactic saga. It's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't say enough fucking good things about this song. I loved it. Well,
3: you answered my question. I think that's, that's great. I'm going <laughs> to go back and listen to it. Because I, I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't so wasn't so feeling that i i i am envious at how it grew on you i think that's I think that's wonderful
1: i would say it's a lot of people's favorite song from yeah. the record okay as far as the singles go sure because there's this record's full of like deeper cuts too that that fans are really big on uh, one Yeah, one in particular i'll get to it yeah. when we get there but these are the those last two songs—the darkest one—and it's a good life if you don't weaken—are my two favorite songs on this record. I love those songs,
3: Pete. With Silver Jet, did you did you long for a bridge in that one, or some sort of change up? or how did you feel about the long ending and fade out of this one?
4: I love. I mean, I liked it. I, the, this song and the way I, to be honest with you, the, the when the song first when I first first heard the song a couple times. I didn't like the um mm-hmm. that lick in there. It just sounded I didn't like it. It was pissing me off. Did it sound like,
3: God, like a little it sounded almost like a little bit hairband to me. Like there was some kind of I don't know. It totally did. It totally did. Yeah. yeah, yeah it reminded me of like Van Halen or something, you know? Like it Yeah. It, it, it that made, it made was me wonder there, just Yeah, it made me wonder if this was a uh a music first song.
4: I just think that they, that they, you know, there's, you can, you can, you can only get away from your roots so much, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all return to, you know, just as we're born begging and screaming and crying for my mama, for your mama, um, you you die the same way. And so you know, we all have that in us throughout our lives. And like, they have that history. It's, it's like it or, Hate it. That's part of their history as a band. Um, but I I chose to embrace it and I really liked it. I thought one of the coolest things was this song and one other one I think we'll get to. There's a lot of like harmonic plays with the guitar.
1: Um that Yeah. Um
4: yeah. I, I don't yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 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 Rob Baker, but it could be Paul Lingo just playing those 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 repeated harmonics on the guitar with that heavy distortion and it's just Fucking cool. Yeah. And I don't know that this is one, but it feels like a like a, a a Gore Downey Canadianism song. Huh. It may be about something in history. I I just seemed too random to be talking about a silver jet. I this is one record I didn't look at any of the lyrics. <laughs> I just listened intently.
3: So uh, on um, your first listen, or what do you mean?
4: On any listen, which which I think it served me well because I like, I paid much more attention to the music and the band. Yeah. yeah. And like Gore doesn't need to be impressed me with his lyrics. He just I don't need to fucking read his lyrics to to be impressed by them. So I think the fact that I didn't look at any of the lyrics for this record made me appreciate it a little bit more. And I'm glad I, I did that.
3: Process wise, I definitely the first. Six listens or something, I, I'm not looking up, really looking up lyrics much at all. It's just, at the end is where I love to do the deep dive, where I've really taken in the album and want, makes me, I don't know, it just completes my wonderment of where this album is going or where these songs are going. And this one, you know, I love the roars overhead, you know, it's, it really, it, I, talked about this before but that one felt super REM Michael Stipe to me I just totally couldn't completely hear Michael Stipe in that one and it's and it's also you know this is 2002 and that reference to me is more like 88 you know, late eighties, maybe early nineties, REM. So that's yeah, dude, I
4: didn't think Tim, you're you're spot on with that Michael Stipe reference. Oh,
3: big time, big time, and and you know, I I don't say that in a negative way. I just circle back to wishing I could be a fly on the wall in the tour bus to hear what these guys are listening to or sharing. You know, because yeah. it's it, it's it, there's definitely some some threads throughout all of it. The the yeah. ending was the ending on, i thought this one was um i don't know just long they, they they're starting to now have like one song where there's an ending of like a minute or more of just music just instrumental you know which which i i dig sometimes i wish there was like for this song in particular there was maybe there was room for a stronger bridge or some sort of change up in it i think i think this this song I don't know. I Maybe this is one of the songs I need to hear live, but this one, like it was really close to being one of my favorites on the album. There just was something. Wow. Something in there that was just a little bit missing. Like I, it, first few times I listened to this one, I was like, oh, what is it about this song? There's, there just wasn't enough salt on it or something. There was something in there. So I want to go back and. Hear it again, and maybe find some live version to see see what's different about it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a bang. It's definitely a banger live. I think some great lyrics, and I think one of the coolest vocal deliveries on the record. Like, there's just, like mm-hmm. he's barely opening his mouth. Mm-hmm. He's like grinning these lyrics out almost, and yeah. and. A rock star using the word archipelago. <laughs>
4: like, oh yeah, that's a great point. Like,
1: like throwing words like that in there, Dude, you know, from a from a phrasing perspective, Fuck. is just a nightmare. And yet he does it, and he does it with
4: ease. It's so crazy. You, my my father in law mentioned we were talking about because um, my wife's going to uh, Ibiza, Ibiza. Ibiza, however, however the American North Americans want Ibiza. Um next week and um and or in two weeks and I was like asking where it was and like thinking about it. I was like is it over here? Where's it at? And he's like and he said archipelago on um uh but he said it in Spanish but I knew what he was saying because I it, it's this very similar word and it made me think of this song and I was like oh yeah Silver Jet. like like just to hear I mean how often do you hear the word archipelago on a Never. given week in <laughs> yeah. a month. No. And I heard it like the same day I was listening to the song, he said "Archipelago." I was like, "That's fucking weird." There's a glitch in the matrix somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: <totally. laughs> There's lots of great one-liners in this song. It's yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's, it's chock full. It's it's a really I, I don't know. And again, again, this was one I kept coming back to and kind of couldn't get enough of. You know that I'm thinking it through. Your father in law's going to a Is he going to a rave there? What's he what's going to no, do everyone Issa, know Issa, he's is, going there? <laughs> no.
4: No, just going. She's going to, uh, to just with her friend to visit. Oh, she's going. Yeah. There. Yeah. But I was gonna say a minute ago, all the cheeseburger references by you, Tim, we're gonna start calling you Randy. You start having to do this podcast with your shirt off. <laughs> I
3: don't know, Mr. Leahy. We haven't had a cuddle <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> we,
4: what, so, what do you I, think, I, Mr. Leahy? I gotta say, I gotta say one thing, dude. I, and I don't know, God, if she listens to this podcast, she's never gonna ever want to talk to me again. But my um, my sweet, great, and wonderful colleague Barb, who lives on, um, I, I can say, never don't say her no, name. She <laughs> Canada is such a huge, huge. Country. It's it's more on the West Coast, but every time I I just see her name, and she sends me an email. I don't see Barbara Barbara. I just see Burb. It's but actually <laughs> I just see it spelled B E R B. Just I just I just hear Randy Randy saying Burb. Like it's just, and I know she would she would she would find it funny because she's she loves that show. She's a huge ridiculously huge head fan. She's. A, I
3: think that's just a the sweet. booze talking, Pete. I think he might need to lay off of the booze. That's my best. <laughs> Probably. <at home. laughs> so um, Where are are we? looking glass, throwing off glass. This one maybe it had to do with me um microdosing throughout the week but wow it was like turn down the levels there are some serious drums and cymbals and big big loud king of pain kind of there's some serious production happening with this one I, you know it's it's overall is my my comments on this one are super basic it's a beautiful song in general You know, I got the the dad vibes from it. The teenage kids. It's kind of like the daughter song. I don't know, JD. I was like, oh, this seems nice to me. This might be, you know, JD's song for his his girls. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. There's just wasn't a whole lot more to it than that for me. It's just like, oof. Okay, that's that's a mouthful.
4: I, I love this track. It was a great... It was a great, like, um, in-between... It was a great palette cleanser. I know that's such, like a negative connotation to say in between this song and the next. Mm. But it just was so needed and it was so well-placed in the order of it. I love the way it's just... It was a super spacey track. Gord's vocals were, were just echoed all over the place. And... Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about it other than I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, um, again, this is the other one where Rob Baker's uh, harmonics really, really shined on it. Like they just drive the song and I'm like, it's just awesome. Loved it. Just loved it. Really, really good chill out song to kind of go, take a break. Lower the blood pressure a little bit. You've been, (laughs) been rocking out. We're only on song
3: six. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. Uh, it was kind of serene. It was its own. Its own movie. This one, I think. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's, for sure. It definitely stands on its own. It's. Yeah. the The next song. Um, all tore up. Uh, yeah, all tore up. Okay, so here's another really. I'm gonna. This is the last time I'm gonna talk about it, but holy shit, the drums. And the cymbals, the hi hats on this one. It's just like whoa turn it down guys like this is a this is my final call out on the production side of this one it's just kaplow in my ear holes so there you have that but the there's um tim
4: is tim is huey lewis in that first scene of back of feature one you know in the the auditorium where you like sorry guys
1: just too loud
4: yeah you guys are just too darn loud i'm Uh, sorry next please no Sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, like I love, love totally it loud. loud. I just you know
3: I have um, yeah. Anyways, the the there this, <laughs> this this the bridge in this one, you might make it right. You know this this that really smacked me. This is this just an amazing change in this one. I felt like this one stepped out a little bit more than previous songs and kind of was leaning a little bit more in a direction that I had been looking for. Um, just musically, just, just tragic, hip-esque, you know, this one kind of brought me back to, I don't know, just what I, just what I want in a hip album. Um, you know, it's, I liked the finding, the reference towards, um, Dottie Kormaier, Bluegrass, Famous Canadian bluegrass singer. So kind of went down a rabbit hole and checked out her stuff and oh, wow. gave her a bunch of listens. Yeah, I mean she's mentioned in there and she's yeah. one of the more famous bluegrass people of Canada, which is which is awesome. I'm not a huge bluegrass fan, but I definitely appreciate it when I come across it and it's it's great. Um, but I, you know, thought it was a song about like going for it, living life, you know, just like appreciating. Things looking for you know moments of biggest impacts or things that matter, you know, you just I typed in, you just need to be you and keep moving it's it's inspirational it's this is a good to me this is this is a good hip song on this album. If somebody's gonna say what well, should I listen to? this It would definitely be one of the songs.
2: oh, yeah,
3: I liked it aside from the bright fucking. Bloody. All right. All right. What's happening. Whew.
4: Well, to, to back that up, I will say one of the things I've written in my notes here is Johnny face. Snare is boosted. Like on this track. It is just, it's, and I love, I do. Yeah. I love it. Like for me, it fits with the album. Like hmm. I, I could see how you could look at it as a, as maybe a, like I would do this differently, but like I just feel like they did that on purpose, and it fits with the record and I'm, I I think it it it's done well, it's noticeable that's the problem though, but you know what like maybe it like here's the thing, maybe it should be noticeable for a lot of reasons because the drums and a lot of these songs really really drive the momentum of the tunes um the opening sure. lick that I think is um. I want to say it's Rob Baker playing that opening lick with a double stop. Just how he just, I'm like, wait, how do you play that again? Cause it just, it it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop and start where you think it's going to stop and start. It's, it's really, and the drums come in at a different tempo and it's just cool as fuck. Um, question JD, I have this written out. What are the, the school buses in Canada? Do you guys have like yellow school buses? Like we have in the States. Okay because i mean i don't know are they big school buses like the big long ones
1: yeah they bluebird which is like the one of the big school bus manufacturers used to have a plant in the town hmm, like 20 minutes from where i grew up and i worked there every summer building oh, no, school shit. buses yeah okay
4: yeah well maybe you would have seen um uh any bass player in the whole of canada that was worth their salt getting on that school bus because literally Gordon Sinclair takes anybody listening to this record who plays bass to fucking school on a bus. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a master. It's a it's a master's degree. It's not a master class. It's a fucking master's degree. <laughs> I mean, the way he fucking goes up high with the bass in this, I'm just like, I listen. This is one of the very few songs where I like stopped and and clicked back and was like listening to it and going. What the fuck is he doing, dude? Like I I I don't know anybody that can play that shit. I don't. Know if mm. You I've met a few bass players in my day, but just so smooth and so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved it. Uh, there was there the only other thing I will say about this song is that the um, the the lyrics and the vocal phrasing by Gord and I it, I say this. And I feel like people hate me for saying this, but if they hate me, then they're not true Canadians because it's very, got a, it's very much a lot of Atlantis phrasing the way Gord sings the mm. lyrics on this. And I listened to, to Jagged Little Pill last night, as a matter of fact, on vinyl. It's fucking record still stands up, stands up so great. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, very much got some Atlantis vibes with the phrasing on it. It was great
1: song so wild that you hear Alanis all the time oh i love love that it's
3: Alanis and michael stipe i think those are the most referenced yeah singers yeah yeah that's far out let's keep moving so with leave jd did you ever hear this one live do you recall
1: I don't recall. Mm. No, I just,
3: this is, this was definitely one right away where I was like, Oh, this is probably great life. You know, I just, I go there so often just cause I've been to so many shows and I know the serotonin boosts that you have when you leave a concert or hear a song you love, you know, it's just this, this one was me reaching for that. Um, it felt, uh, Oh, just introspective and deliberative and, it it i it, the only thing about it is kind of towards the end i felt like it could go another minute you know i felt like we could have an, have had another verse in there or if it's if there's a live version of it being longer or if they mix it up because this song just compositionally felt like there was opportunity to play around and change it a little bit so it's i thought it was a, a pretty cool song
1: how are you pete
4: I thought it was really cool. I mean, the way it started was very like spacey and mm-hmm. just like, almost like, wait, what, what I, did my, did my Spotify malfunction or whatever, you know, <laughs> like it couldn't have happened before with CDs, but um, really the, the, the way it's like a shuffle, kind of feels like a shuffle. You know, the way the beat is. And um, um, the the phrasing, again, this is another one where Gord's phrasing is super, super diverse. The chords are really, I got some heavy Stone Temple Pilots vibes. Oh, totally. Completely.
3: Yeah. yeah. Really? Like, I think it was almost from, going like Alice in Chains or something. There was something in there from the 90s. 100%.
4: 100%. Um, there's a part where Paul Langlois' guitar comes in and the song, it starts to form and, and there's a line that says, a routine flight for this bird tonight, more worms for earth in the afterlife. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> what the fuck is that? After that line, the song just like explodes open. Um, I love the chorus. it's just, I, yeah, I'm not displeased with this song at all. There's nothing. Yeah, I'm trying not to wrap up the whole album, but uh, you know, if you guys haven't figured it out already, I really like this album. There's not much, not much negative shit I can say about it. So, if you're looking for negative shit, just turn off the podcast and wait. Or for just, me. or just
3: call me. You know, i throw thrown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because this next one, if we can get into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, a beautiful thing.
3: You know, it's kind of this cute start, sing y feeling. Definitely XTC,
1: definitely R.E.M.
3: You know, like it's the 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 bridge, the guitar solo kind of bridge that happens in there. When I heard that, I was like, "Oh, what happened?" This this song, it was the f- the first time I heard it, I couldn't finish it. This was one of the few songs that's has hap- that this has happened to me and I was like god damn it. Here's the song that I need to talk about that it took me a handful of times to get through because it just it wasn't a beautiful thing for me. It was uh Jeez. I just I just I wow. know I was totally questioning it. I was like are they were they trying to make a wedding song or like what ah. is, what is this song? I was like what the fuck this didn't need to be on the album. It, it just kind of sorry sorry hip fans yeah i mean i hope you guys don't kick me off the pod but this one i was like ff fast forward
4: next week we'll be joined by just (laughs) we found
3: tom from seattle who's gonna join us next week we sent him a supply of happy pills and uh definitely told him he's not allowed to have any indica before he gets on the pod
4: no, this, this, Tim, this, I, 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 felt you with this, man. I, I mean, here's the thing though. At first, I felt you with this, and then <laughs> I was like, I started listening to some more, and I was fucking love this. First thing I, I like, I thought this was the father daughter, mm. um, song when I heard it first. Um, mm. but, um, the, the, the three, four, this is a dance song. This, you can, yeah, there's definitely people. There's the guy, you know, with his arms behind somebody or the or the girl on his shoulders or whatever it is, swaying back and forth with this song in yep. the concert. Hundred thousand yep. percent. The chorus is super strong. The way they go, beautiful thing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. This is the second song I have noted that I think Rob Baker switched out is his pickups on god i i i i i i hesitate to scour the internet for for those um you know when the musicians do those pedal reviews or the, like they mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. it's like the amoeba what's in your bag thing yeah they yeah. often like interview guitar players and be like what's on your pedal board or like what's what kind of guitar mm-hmm. you're using and like i know if i find one of rob baker my life's over because i'm going to be like hmm Spending more money on shit that you don't fucking need. But I, I I thought this song was a beautiful song. Just fucking awesome to, to be cheesy and tie it up that way.
3: It's basically one of three of the fewest listens on the album. I know Spotify isn't everything, but I, I, I take it as, you know, a guiding point and the it's last a good rubric. The last three songs are the three least listened to on this album so and and i i felt like the album did take a little bit of a turn for me with
1: uh, all right well let's yeah. let's move on to dire wolf then
4: um <sighs> dude uh drums opening lick uh a guitar solo fucking clean as hell um it 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 This is going to sound weird. I got to phrase this properly. Um, Because the opening, these last two songs are really unique because they change so much. The first part of this song made me feel like I'm going to phrase it properly. Like I was in a wheat field during a cool cool summer day. (laughs) The opening was so cool. Uh, I think Paul Ling was is is opening up with the guitar. And this seems certainly like a, a Gord Downey Canadianism song. Is it? Yeah, lyrically, it, yeah, is it? Big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And Absolutely. What, I, what I want to know, Gord talking about what he loves the most, his country, and I wrote this down because I was thinking about it driving home yesterday, and it almost brought me to tears listening to this song So I was like, Dude, what a gift. Sorry to get all serious for a second. Like, what a fucking gift this guy was to his country. Absolutely. Like, I never got it before. Like, my my friend Barb, who I talked about um, earlier, was making a joke about. Barb? Um, Barb, yeah. <laughs> and and then you, JD, and then other people in my life who have mentioned the hip to me um, have been super passionate. I'm just like, it's almost kind of like God. Okay, it's. it's I just didn't get it, and like yeah. this is a song where it just really hits home. And the more research I do about the band, the more I get into them. The more I look at interviews with with Gord, I'm just like, like I don't think Americans have anything as an equivalent because I know there was a, that hockey, the, the the guy on like Sports Center Canadian hockey who said like. You know, if you took Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, all those things. You know that quote, JD. Yeah. yeah. yeah could them, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. You'd, like, you'd like sort of get like what. Because like, yeah, we don't have that. Like, this guy had plenty of criticisms for his government. But at the end of the day, it was like a really unifying force for Canada. I don't know, man. This song just got me all fucking Weebly-eyed and. Loved
1: wow, that's,
3: it. That's I, awesome. I mean, I I agree with all that. I feel like this song you could easily write a fifteen-page dissertation about. There's so maybe one hundred and fifty. Like there's so much in here. This to me was another song that could be a movie or a book or I don't know. This song is so yeah. loaded, and you know it's it's. I don't know. It's it's just. Quite poetic. I could go on about the lyrics or things I looked up and all the literature references. I mean, it's just, it's too much to even get into. Um, But I feel like there's also this yin yang sort of to the song with the music versus the lyrics. Like it's the music to me at times feels like. I don't want to say pretty or cute, but the music has kind of this positive feel while the lyrics are kind of out here in their own. It's, it's wild. It's, it's just, it's just a huge song. Um, and I agree with you, Pete on Gord versus all of our USA stars, you know, just this last weekend, the boss played in Portland and I saw, lots of footage of the boss playing live at our arena and you know sold out show of course and we have we have one close friend who is a major bruce Springsteen fan like flies all over the place to see him and all that and uh and just in watching I, i mean i get them musically and everything and i i've read up on Bruce and his whole upbringing and his struggle to success and watch his interview with Obama and all this, all those things. But at the same time, I'm like, this is, this is nothing comparative with Gord in his lyrics. Not even close. No. And what he goes after. And you know, he's not talking about the struggle of just working at the factory. He's talking about like, that all the way back to hundreds of years before and you know just it's it's so much more and i commented on this a little bit ago but there are a couple pods ago but when i met with a couple fairly important indie rock dudes in portland and mentioned i was doing this they didn't know either like they both had not still i mean guys our age not listened to the tragically hip and when i mentioned that they're you know, this um, beloved facet to the country of Canada and how just how how important they are. You know, they didn't really even get that because who do we talk about in that regard? Elvis? I don't know.
4: All these these different
3: things that that just don't measure up to me.
4: But even so, too, you're right, Tim, because, like, you can sit there and say that about any other country on the planet... Yeah. You could probably say that about Spain. You could say that about Japan. You could say that about yeah. South Korea or China or all these places. Oh, they're really big there. But it's like literally it's right next door to the roof of the United States. And the fact that those indie rock gods, who I know you're talking about, had no idea who the hip were, I was just fucking. I
3: mean, they do, but they absolutely don't.
4: Right. Yeah. You know,
3: exactly. Like, like exactly. if I played, if I could have played a song right then and there in the moment, it before even mentioning them and said, "Who, who do you guys think this is?" They might, they would have gone like, "Oh, this is maybe something from the '90s." I glossed over because you know, just uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I was too into you know, rare indie rock during that decade. I don't know. So it feels like something I skipped over. And that's exactly, I think, what has happened with the hip in the U.S. But to circle back also on this album and the production of it and Hugh... How did it Padgett. say his name? Hugh Padgham. I don't know why I'm tripping on my little knowledge of Italian when I see his name, which is not Italian. Hugh Padgham, when I look at, you know, his... And a signature statement on this album, I think, this is O2, and this is another grasp at getting global a global audience. At, like, really trying to get people outside of Canada to embrace these guys who have the super special thing going.
1: I think by this time the band is... I don't think it's the band. The, the machine might have been that way, but I think the band at this point were... They're making records. Oh, and for sure. For they sure. hope I'm, as many people hear them as possible. But like, yeah. you know. But from a producer standpoint, a
3: producer can definitely be going for that. I mean, if if someone's going to sign their their name as I produce this album, especially in this era of still going for album sales. No, nope, I totally I, right. I feel I feel like there's a bit of that on this one. I and I thought when I heard the whole album, I thought, okay. We're probably getting a little bit more raw on the next album. We're probably getting a little bit more Tiger the Lion. I hope, you know, there's 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 gonna be another turn, and that's kind of been the wave of listening to the hip so far as we started off like all over the place, and then we found some we found some roots where we were just like Glowing through and then there's some highway changes you know so much of this has been about life on the road and we're we're hearing all the different examples and the different decades of time so it's a fucking cool experience i love you guys
4: <laughs> <laughs> and and just to, to sew it up uh the 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 guitar solo just really puts you in an emotional tailspin at the end of this tune and by the way i, I looked it up while we were Earlier when we were chatting, uh, Hugh Pageant did, pre- in fact, produce Synchronicity. Ah, it
1: might, my, I, I think it's that record. I think it's that yeah, one. Yeah, he did. Produce and he skipped, cool. the, he skipped the exam, and he had to go to summer school as a result. So it was like... It's such a good record. Just for that record. Um, all right, let's wrap up this record with The Dark Canuck.
4: Okay, I, I love this song because it's two different songs, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> it's not the same song. I mean, I don't know what to say about this song. There's, I focus mostly on, like, how yeah, the song starts off with, like, just a, a simple 4-4 four, four beat, and then it goes, like, I spent most of the time listening to the song trying to figure out what the time signatures were. Because they were just so random. They were, I and I think I think I boiled it down to, it goes six four and then at for every phrase it goes six four and then two four and it just repeats goes, six one one two two four five six one one two two four five six. Oh, that's wild. It's it's if you listen to it and then then it goes into that this very. you know I'm, I'm gonna be as politically incorrect as i possibly don't want to be but a very middle eastern sound um because that's where they're drawing influence from hmm. i i i feel and rob baker's playing like a this really cool licks like i don't know harmonic minor shit and just it's just it they just I don't know, maybe they, they didn't know they had like, okay, well, we got one more song we got to throw on the record. What do you want to do? Let's just fucking, let's just take a bunch of paint, throw it against the fucking wall and see Yes,
1: it. yes. And, and they got Apollo, a fucking yeah.
4: awesome song, dude. It's, yeah. It is a trip of a song. I can listen to this song uh, a thousand times. It's a fucking cool tune. Well,
3: honestly, it was the kind of the one I was waiting for in that same... That same regard, you know, I, 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 I right away. This uh, was uh, another one where I was like, "Oof!" Right away, "Oof!" This, this is a banger life. Like, how many lucky people got to hear this one live?
1: Oh but yeah, for yeah.
3: sure. I mean, there's, and then this huge transition halfway through. Yeah, two songs. Feel it felt like we just moved into a new song that was just shoved into us. We went from. I have this note. <laughs> we went from. Um, the idea of a soldier returning home to feeling like we're on a bad holiday, like it just it's just full of like face smacking. I don't know. It just the build buildups and this 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 felt like okay, Hugh's gone, guys. Let's 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 finally return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said, well said. You know they well finally said. got what they wanted to do, and I I really adored that 30 second drum machine ending whatever that was like i just thought it was cool i was like okay i'm gonna keep going with the podcast because a couple songs ago i was like what do i send jd an email what do i do oh no just kidding kidding. no this one was fun it was it was i i longed for gord to sing more angrily which is why i thought about you know the live version of this but um yet i should say it was just still just worked right and uh it was kind of like a whew okay There's i didn't know what a
4: canuck was i didn't know what a canuck was until i looked it up with this song What you? i think thought it they was? were a fucking hockey team
1: oh yeah what is, what is a canuck i don't it's know like that a, i know it's like it's a, a shitty, lumberjack it,
4: right no it's just a term for a canadian person yeah, I think. It's, yeah. it's it's i mean it's, it's a
1: derogatory term
4: I, guess I don't know it's, that it's derogatory. I think it's just a slang. It's like like oh, okay. Yankee, for oh, okay. a, for a yeah. You know, yeah. That's the way
3: people I, I, I've people call us Yankees here a lot. Oh, that's that's the way I've always heard Canuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. You made me think it was. You made me doubt myself. That's that's a good trick.
3: Well, I don't I don't think it's derogatory or anything. I think it's just yeah. No, right. I don't think so. I don't think this it's just a more fun way of saying Canadian.
4: Yeah.
1: Where did you land on the record? Like overall, like Pete, I, I think it's pretty clear you really enjoyed <laughs> it, but you, you started out not enjoying it. But how's now that? It's wait, a, how's it's oh yeah? I mean, I definitely had
2: some.
3: Yeah, I had some speed bumps through it, and looks like it. Yeah, yeah, a little, little more than usual, I would say. Um, but also, like you know, still still really liking this exercise and hearing a band's evolution. It's so interesting. And overall, just for me personally, it's like this album and the way it's different than others, it just uh, it makes me commend just general artistic decision-making and direction and the way sure. people do things. I mean, it's interesting. All of my kind of feedback and sentiment over this album was like, it's still just valid to be out in the music space of life for people to see and hear, you know, it's
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, what is your MVP track? What song are you putting on your playlist?
3: Pete, did I steal your thunder? Did you have kind of a album wrap up statement?
4: Oh no, 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 Uh, no, no, you didn't steal my, okay. no, I, I loved it, man. I, I I just I don't know. Sorry, I was talking earlier, but I just the bands really become important to me. Like I really like this band a lot, man.
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's fucking
4: it's just uh it's become this and this record I think made me realize it. Especially because when I first started listening to it, I didn't like it.
1: Um, right yeah
4: i took it into different parts and i I think part of that is also we're doing the week over week and it's a crash course so it's really Mm -hmm. hard it's not a natural way to learn to like a band
3: yeah yeah
4: it's almost like i don't want to say this in a negative way jd but it's almost like torture it's like programming it's like (laughs) no think about it it's like it's you know imagine it's like you know you're in a german prison and you know 19 39, and you're being told to to, to to agree to all this stuff, and you're like, okay, alright, yeah, okay, I agree to it. Eventually, you start believing it. Um, I know that's a really poor example. My apologies if anybody's offended. That's not what my my intention was. It was it was my intention is to be like, it's very forceful. And so that being said, it's not natural the way I'm liking this band. But at the same time, The evolution when i start listening to the record and then how much love i have for this band is just it's it's a cool thing in and of itself
1: very it's just
4: so cool to step step back i don't know sorry i'm random but
1: no you're not at all no it's cool to step
4: back and look at how much how cool this band is
1: i concur i concur so what are your mvp tracks for this record (laughs) what song will you take away
3: Drum roll. Hmm. I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the the Ender, the Dark Canuck. I'm gonna go with that one. It was a uh, it was a bit of a release for me to get to that song and hear it and hear it through, and it, it it also made me want to listen to the album again to run through it. So this was this was a little bit of a saver for me. And um, sure. Uh, you know the transition was wacky and you know there's there's been a couple of songs i forget i think the second or third album there was kind of a wacky little bit of a different song that i chose i should go back and remember which one that was but um uh, but yeah I, I love uh less less produced more hip is kind of just what i keep seeking i want that raw kind of flavor of of the hip and i want um I just want to hear more of that. I, I Overall, I mean, I really liked... Um, there's a couple on here that were really strong, like Silver Jet totally has its place. But uh, I'll go with the end one, the Dark Canuck.
1: All right. Your mix is going to be pretty wild.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think that's okay.
1: Of uh, course, G- I'll let G- you can guys... Just...
3: Oh, go
4: ahead. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, can I just copy and paste the record just... <laughs> drop this shit. I
3: don't
4: know, man. I don't make a decision.
3: Pete's playlist from every album of the entire <laughs> <interior laughs> catalog, folks. You can find that on the album In Violet Light.
4: <laughs> dude, it's a hard thing. All I will say is, and it, it would probably change, but just because I just pictured so much, like, seeing it live, like, use it up, dude. Use it up. Cool. If that fucking song was played live, Especially when, again, when Gord hits that octave. Yes. Use it up. Oh, my God, dude. I just... The, the injection of nitrous oxide for energy that must have gone into a crowd when he hit that second verse or whatever whenever the party sings it. <laughs> Fucking Christ almighty, dude. Sorry. Just... I so hate myself for never getting to see this band live. I, God, God, it's, a, it's a huge... I live my life with not a lot of regrets, but that's one of them.
3: Hey, which is um, in part like, very exciting
1: to go to the...
3: JD, here's your plug. Oh.
1: oh, yeah. Well, you'll get to see a facsimile of them. Yeah. A facsimile. Yeah. Obviously, you know, tribute bands are... Uh, you know your mileage may vary with tribute bands but the tragically have um a, a distinct place in this country and there is you know there are a lot of really great hip tribute bands out there there are a lot i think we've got you know one of the best though for our event and uh, again that's going to be friday september 1st and tickets are 40 bucks and you get to watch the finale of of this podcast go live, and then you get a hip concert, uh, a 50 Mission concert, I should say. We have a comedian. There's, there's not an alcohol yeah.
4: there, is there? There won't.
1: There will ball. be booze. Yeah. Long oh, slides. I'm
4: gonna stay away from the beer because if they play, if they, if by chance um, this oh, band no. plays, use it up, and I'm and I'm three uh, beers deep. I'm gonna get the fucking 86, which, dude. We need. We need <laughs> a sidebar conversation about
2: that. It's like, <laughs> I, I've had
3: six. ideas too. I've had ideas. Too. Well, we're gonna have median that night also, and I think maybe yeah. this part of the silent auction. I think uh, maybe we need a um, um, some sort of. It's is so cheesy, but maybe we need some sort of uh, you know gift basket from Portland and gift basket from Malaga. So maybe you know let's let's bring cool. something. Let's bring something from the.
1: I'll bring The
3: homelands.
1: Yeah, let's bring something
3: from the homelands. Because it's, right, uh, you could also fake uh, it. You could also fake it, you know. Yeah, I just bite the airport. But, but man, that's gonna be such a fun <laughs> event. And uh, as we're climbing out of winter, I know this isn't being broadcasted, pushed to the world in winter. But as we're climbing out of winter here in Portland, I'm really excited about the end of August
1: happening. And what date's is yeah, again, JD? September first, Friday, September first,
3: September people.
4: Black I can't it wait, dude. Use it up. It's gonna be fucked Use great. it. And all if anybody up. Can I just say that if anybody wants to talk gear,
1: <laughs>
4: look for the guy with the with the glasses and the fake nose and the fake mustache.
3: <laughs> if anybody needs to come over and slug me in the arm, just warn me. You know, if I yeah. if I if I dissed one of your songs, but I'll I'll, I'll take a hug instead
1: yeah these guys have done a a yeoman's a yeoman's duty here you know taking on this task although for most of us we're like task i listen to you know a hip record a week anyway but um you know the way you guys are are doing this is is really great and i'm really uh i'm just fucking amped that you're getting into it so that's real cool
4: thanks jd it's a gift Uh, it truly is a gift i've I've told you this before in, in private messages, but it's, it's a gift. Wow. So thanks, man. Thanks, Canada. My pleasure. Thanks, Tragically Hip.
1: Well, on that note, we'll bid you all adieu. Anything you want to wrap up on,
3: folks? I'm just looking forward to the next one. We're going to jump into a whole another album, Pete.
1: Are you ready?
4: Can't wait.
1: Are you ready? <laughs>
4: I hey. saw what you did there.
1: All right, guys. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, J.D. See you guys. Pick up your shit.
4: Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at jd at gettinghiptothehip.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Dura. Podcasts and such.